guys and gals and ghouls to the scariest, spookiest edition ever of the Dig of our Dispatch. Ah, ah, ah. We are recording this episode on Halloween, so naturally we shall embrace the unnatural as we look at the scariest Star Wars scenes ever. Not only that, but we have an exclusive audio excerpt of the newest Star Wars novel, The Eye of Darkness. I am devious Dalton Ross, here with my spooky, scary co-host, the demented Devin Cogan, who right now is no doubt very, very confused. (laughs) I can't give it up. I can't give it up. Oh my God, Bella Lugosi, you're here, co-hosting Jacob a Dispatch. <laughs> I don't know. Was that? Was that? I don't know if that was like Bella Lugosi or like the Count from Sesame Street. I guess it was sort of like or, some Count Chocula I mean, somewhere in there. And then vaguely started to sound maybe a little Italian from Transylvania. I don't know what was happening. Sure, I I will say that uh, right before hitting record, Dalton told me and Sammy uh, that he was going to try something new at the at the top of this uh, of this episode, and this is not what we were expecting. I, I debated asking Sammy if, like for some vocal effects, but I thought it would sound even stupider without it. I don't know. Maybe they can add some like dragging chains if they want. I don't know. That's your call, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we we are going to talk about our scariest Star Wars scenes ever. That's why we did we did that stupid thing at the top. Or I I shouldn't cast. I did that stupid thing at the top. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> get, get the pronouns right there. <laughs> uh, plus, we have an exclusive audio excerpt uh, from the latest Star Wars High Republic novel, The Eye of Darkness by George Mann, which actually. Look, Devin, I got it in the mail the other day. The hard Ooh. copy, hardcover version with a really cool, super cool title and. I'm excited to read this because the the High Republic books have kind of been in two time periods, and this is the time period I think is better. Um, so excited to check that out. And you guys can listen to part of that right here. And we actually will have a print excerpt up on EW.com uh, as well. By the time you're listening to this, it probably will be up. So, uh, so a lot of cool stuff to get to today. Uh, but let's start off with a little housekeeping first, uh, Devin. Um, voicemail. You can always leave us a voicemail if you want. 657-799-1566. A great way to connect with us. Let us know your thoughts about anything Star Wars related, include anything we say on this show. You also can vote in our poll every week on Spotify. If you listen to this on Spotify, there's a poll with each episode. And for the last episode, we talked a lot about Devin's new plastic cat. (laughs) True. And the, the Star Wars pun names that I that I assaulted Devin with as options to name uh, her cat, and and so we we let you guys vote on this. We, uh, Sammy can only fit seven of them, and apparently spent hours trying to decide which two or three to knock off the list. Um, but he, the results are in uh, from the ones we put up, and the winner with twenty five percent of the vote was Emperor Palpat uh, Palp. No, not. Palpatine. Uh, what was it Emperor? It's Palpatine, right? Pal- What's up? Yeah, Palpatine. 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 I wrote down here. Emperor Incredible. Palpatine won with twenty five percent of the vote. That was followed by Paul Dameron with a oh, actually three way tie between Paul Dameron, Cat Bane, and Cat Fisto with eighteen percent of the vote. By the way, which do you like better, Cat Fisto or Kitten Fisto? I like Kitten Fisto. You like Kitten Fisto? I think so. Okay, fair enough. I think that- I, I like the like the vibes there. That all got 18%. Obi-Wan Katnobi yeah. got 12%. Mon Meowthma only got 6% of the vote. That's a shocker. Oh, that's one of my that was one of my favorites. Me too. Love a good meow pun. And Pod Podme only got uh 0% of the vote. Oh. I know. Um this week I think what we'll do is we'll let you all vote on our selections that Dev and I are gonna make in just a minute on the scariest Star Wars scenes. So you can uh you can go vote on that. Uh, just want to point out, as I mentioned at the top, we are recording this on a very special day, uh, on Halloween. Now, if we'd been on, on really on our game, we would have done this last week. So it came out like before Halloween. Now That's people true. are listening to it and the scary sort of Star Wars scenes like after Halloween. So 
not the best timing, but it's but. it's already crisp. As soon as November first strikes, it's already Christmas season. You got to put away all your Halloween decorations immediately and go to go to Christmas season. Yeah, if you're on like the Hallmark Channel or Lifetime, it's already like all Christmas movies by the time you're listening. To oh, this. they yeah, they started on like Labor Day. They're yeah. they're ready to go. Uh, so we hit it a little late, but whatever. But it is Halloween. But not only is it Halloween, but it's also Sammy's birthday. Burr, 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 burr. Yay! Um, I don't even know if Sammy's having some tech issues, so I don't even know if Sammy can talk uh, right now on mic. Um, but Sammy, I I sent you a little present yesterday. Uh, how did you enjoy the present I sent you uh, yesterday? You want to tell everyone what it was? It was a like mini doc on our boy. Uh, I already forgot his name though. Um, Johnny Mystique. It, there you go. <laughs> the Greek Mystique. Uh, Mestique, yeah. M E S. Uh, and then it led me to watch, a, like, or rather skim through another video that he posted himself, which it seemed to be a highlights reel of his arm wrestling career so, so i feel good it's yeah my life is fuller now for sure well you're welcome is what i want to say to you right now i uh if you missed the show last week we we went down a ton of cash rabbit hole that's my fault again the accent was my fault this week the ton of cash <laughs> rabbit hole was my fault last week <laughs> but there's this guy uh the greek mystique who it, it just had this incredible elimination from ton of cash so I'm just was scouring the internet trying to find as many clips of this guy who I was sending Sammy every day for weeks. And yeah, there's like a mini documentary that someone made on him. And then I guess he made his own documentary about himself on his own YouTube channel where he, he misspells his own nickname. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is it mesquite now? Is it like, uh, what is it? You know, I... I you have watched more reality television from than me, but you I think? I, I think uh, I feel I feel comfortable saying that that is one of the greatest reality TV eliminations of all time. It is. I think incredible. hands down, it is. It, it is a perfect clip. I can't believe it was not in my life until very recently, and now it's um, going to be permanently book, uh, bookmarked on on my YouTube. Um, listen. Happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, in all seriousness, thank you for everything that you do for this show. I encourage everyone to thank Sammy themselves by calling 657-799-1566 and leave Sammy a little, uh, at that point, belated birthday message. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Is, is there anything you want to say to the people, Sammy? Except except for Palbany, because I know how you and Palbany are in this weird feud. So Sure. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've prepared a few words, if you don't mind. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> Guys, I don't care how tough you think you are. <laughs> nothing hits harder than life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's, a how, it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, okay? And don't be pointing fingers saying, I'm not where I need to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that, and that ain't you. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> I was like, Sammy's gonna pass out. Oh my god, that was art. That was beautiful. Thanks, a beautiful rendition. <laughs> and I think, I, I think that should become like a birthday tradition. Like you know, you you like what? What a beautiful way to welcome in a new year with these <laughs> these words of wisdom. I think they really are words of wisdom. They're very wise. They're words of something for sure. <laughs> They're words. They're words. You know, they say it is better to give than to receive, and Sammy just giving all of us a gift on their birthday this year, which I really uh, appreciate. Um, so much fun. Um, Sammy, thanks again for everything. And I oh, hope you thank have you an guys. awesome birthday. Sammy's Watch lots of arm wrestling clips. <laughs> thank uh, you. Can't wait all, to get back to it. <laughs> um, it is also Halloween. Um, Devin, you ever dress up as a Star Wars character for Halloween? I never did, which feels like a actually no, I take that back. I totally take that back. I one time in college, I had a very last minute Halloween party that I didn't have anything to wear. So I sort of assembled a um Han Solo outfit because mm. it was like I had like, you know, kind of like blue pants and like a kind of beige shirt and like a black vest. Um and I spent the whole night people being like, what are you? And I was like, I'm Han Solo. And they were like, oh, yeah, sure. Um, so actually, no, that is my one and only Star Wars costume. But no, I've always wanted to do like a real proper Star Wars costume. Um, 
I, I never did as a kid, but um, now I, I I love Halloween. I dress up for Halloween every year. So I, I think I may have to add that to the arsenal. What about you? Do you have any? Well, first off, what's your Halloween outfit this year? Oh, I was um, in a surprise to no one who listens to this podcast. I was a David Tennant character. I was Crowley from uh, Good Omens, his character from Good Omens, um, which meant just getting a red wig and some sunglasses and wearing all black, which is usually what my wardrobe consists yeah. of anyway. There you go. Good. So it was it was a fun one. What about you? Uh, not doing anything this year. I did. I have. When I was a little kid, I was Darth Vader. And when I to, like, I'm talking about you know, like I'm talking about like right around the first movie. It was one of those you know those old like 70s 80s costumes that's like a plastic mask with like a little the the thinnest like string that's like, going to pop off the second time you yep. try and put it on. And then that like it's almost like a bib, like a plastic like bib that you just put on the front of you. That was my Darth Vader costume. Um and I have a picture of it somewhere. It's hilarious. And I did that um my son was Anakin one year and nice. Lauren Morgan would like to know that he was a clone trooper one year as well. I, I was going to say yeah. Lauren Morgan is the queen of Halloween. Um, her husband, you know, always goes all out and she's had some, some very impressive costumes over the years, Star yes. Wars and non-Star yes. Wars. They go all out. Yeah. I am. Um, and my, my daughter and her friends in college, kind of like you, they, they did a whole Star Wars thing this year. They oh, had nice. a group and, and I actually had to bring them some props. Like I had to meet her at one of her cross country meets and she's like, bring me a lightsaber and a blaster. And they're like, got it, got it. You're good. And so she was Padme. Like, Attack Classic. of the Clones, um, like Geonosian uh, Coliseum Padme. Great outfit. Great yeah, outfit. I tried to get her to put like, well, are you going to put some like, are you going to tear your, like put some tear marks in your top? She said, no, I'm not going that far. But she looked great. Uh, and then her friends were like Yoda, Han Solo, the droids, you know. Nice. All- Incredible. Yeah. There's some stuff. good options. I mean, it's a, it's a perfect Halloween. Uh, you know, Star Wars, it's, there's, there's so many ones you can do. Um, I always wanted to go all out and like do like like Hera or something and like paint myself green and get the you know the headdress and everything. But I don't. I'm I'm lazy. I don't have that much much of a attention span. I'm just not creative enough. Like if I I if I don't buy like a store. So the last custom I did. Well, I don't know if it's a lot, but I did one like a few years ago where I did Chuck Pizzazz, who was. A- <laughs> A character that Ted Danson's character in The Good Place played to like in a scene with Jason Mendoza when he yep. put them back to life. So he played this guy Chuck Pizzazz, who was like a talent scout. Uh, and uh, and so I I try to find like a white wig to wear. So the closest thing I could find was essentially like a knockoff Colonel Sanders wig. Oh no! So I ordered it online. It came. It had just like giant Confederate symbols all over oh, it. No. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is a little weird. But basically it was like I put on the white wig, I have like a leather jacket, and that made me, you know, Chuck Pizzazz. And that was yeah. so I, I I need stuff I have in my closet. I'm not creative enough to like create things for Halloween. It's not fair enough. Anyway, uh so Halloween, that's why we're talking about the scariest Star Wars scenes ever. I mean, Star Wars is not inherently a super scary franchise. I think we could say, Devin, it's made for all ages. Um, but there is some things that that touches on, you know, the horror genre or scary moments or things when you see as a kid uh, can be scary. That maybe it's not scary when you're an adult, but when you're a little kid, it is. And so I realize not all these Star Wars properties came out when we were little kids, but I tried to think of it in that way, like even for more modern stuff. If I had watched this as a kid, would this have scared me? Um, anything you want to say before we get into our picks? We have three each just about how you approached your scary scenes. Yeah, I thought of it, uh, like you said, um, from the perspective of being a kid, because I was somebody who I was not a horror fan for a really long time. I mean, like I was a total wimp. I hated horror movies. I was like, I refused to watch them. I was like, they're not for me. Um, I, I kind of shut down. I, you know, I, I don't know. I sort of, you know, kind of grew up in the the age of like very much like the torture porn, gore, very ble- like and I was like, "Oh, I hate horror movies. They're not for me." And then I grew up and I started watching horror movies and I was like, "Wait, I actually love horror. So much of the the films I love and the stories I love are all rooted in horror." Um and I now I've become like a total horror 
freak. I'm, I'm obsessed with it. I'm not necessarily on the level of our colleague Clark Collis, who is the king of horror, um, but I, I really enjoy it. And so I had a lot of fun kind of going back and, and sort of like thinking about, okay, what terrified me when I was a kid and what terrifies me to this day, um, specifically about the Star Wars universe, because I think there's so much... Um, when you're playing in this sort of sci-fi fantasy world, there's a lot of kind of like classic elements of horror storytelling here and some great creature design. We talked about creatures last week. Um, so I'm really, I'm really excited to kind of get into this. I, I had fun making my list. Yeah. I, I guess I'm, it's funny because I'm, I guess the opposite of you, Devin, I watched a lot of horror growing up. I guess maybe that's not that surprising young boy, you know, the teenage boy, you know, you're into that stuff. But like I came up with like the Friday the 13th franchise, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, Jason and Freddy, you know, all that's evil dead. I was a huge evil dead fan, even weird ones like Chud, cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers <laughs> or the stuff, which was like this, like yogurt that turned you into some sort of beast. Like <laughs> yeah. Garrett Morris was in it. Like I, all these just stupid, really bad horror movies. I'd go rent, you know, rent at like blockbuster wasn't even around, like whatever your local video store was, but I don't really watch a, as much of it now as an adult, like occasionally, you know, if the new evil dead movie comes out, I'll go see it. If there's something that I hear is really good, I'll check it out, but I'm not like just checking out the really bad stuff anyway. But, but we both have some roots then in the genre. So let's get into it. Let's talk about, our scariest Star Wars scenes. We'll make three picks each and we'll ping pong back and forth. And Devin, let's uh, give you first crack at it. All right. I'm kicking things off. So I'm going back to, we're going back to a new hope. We're going back to the scene that terrified me the most um, as, as a kid. Well, actually there's, there's a couple scenes and we'll get into it. Um, but the one, so I watched a new hope for the first time. Um, you know, I was born in the early nineties, so I, did, I missed it the first time around, but my dad introduced me very young. I was probably five or six uh, the first time I saw A New Hope. Um, and there was one scene because my parents knew that I was a big baby and it would traumatize me forever um, if I saw it at this age. And they literally made me cover my eyes. They were like, okay, this is the scene. You have to cover your eyes. Um, and I would like diligently like bury my head in the, in the couch pillows and not watch. And they were like, okay, you can look now. <laughs> and Star Wars was my favorite movie. I watched it like a million times on repeat, like over and over and over again. But they always watched it with me and gave me that heads up. They were like, you can't see this. It's going to give you nightmares. <laughs> and so like I built it up, but I could hear the sounds and like it was built up in my head. And it is a very, it is a blink and you'll miss it shot. It is not like nothing, not in the realm of hor horrifying experiences. It is, it is very low on the list. But to me, this was the pinnacle of horror. And it is the shot where Luke comes back to the moisture farm and sees the charred skeletons uh. of Baru and Lars. And my parents were like, she can't handle skeletons. She can't do it. She's just, it's going to be, it's going to ruin her forever and she can't watch it. So for several years, I watched Star Wars covering my, my eyes every time uh, the skeleton scene came up. Um, and it just freaked me out. Just like the, it's, it's so traumatic and it's not even really a moment of horror. It's more a moment of, drama uh but something just like the skeletons and it's a very jarring brutal moment in a film that is largely kind of devoid of like violence um you know even the, everything's like laser blasters and you don't really get a ton of gore i mean there somebody does get their arm chopped off in the cantina um but even when you know Obi Vader strikes down Obi-Wan at the end, he like disappears and, and there's no blood or, or anything. But something about those those skeletons and like the the, the charred flesh, uh, it's 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 pretty gnarly. Um and that was forever burned into my the first time I saw it, I was like, nope, this this is burned into my brain forever. Uh, so no, that no, is, no pun intended on that, right? Ding yeah. ding ding. <laughs> so anyway, that is my first pick for the scariest moment in Star Wars, which is um when you're a kid, you see that it's pretty damn horrifying. Well, I don't know. What about you? Were you you were much older when you saw Star Wars for the no, first time? No, I was six when I saw Star Wars. I saw oh. it when it came out. When it we came out, I was six years old. So I so I saw it. Those bodies are crisp. I mean, you're They're definitely crispy. right about that. Uh, they were crispy. It didn't scare me. I mean, I, I thought, I was like, when you said A New Hope, I was like, is she going to go trash compactor scene? Like, that's not super scary, but like, if you think they're going to get, you know, yeah. smushed by those walls, that could be for intense. That could be very intense. And you see that little creature with the eye pop up for a second and go back down. And so I, I thought that's where you were going to go. 
But then when you mentioned the bodies sort of being carried sort of outside there, yeah, I get it. I I, I get it. Didn't really make an impact on me, um, but I, I totally understand why it made an impact on you. And it's funny you talking about burying your hands and not watching. I did that to my kids with Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes. The face melting. Yep. And I was like, look, especially my son, who was a huge scaredy cat. I'm like, you don't want to, you're not going to want to watch this. Like, I'm just telling you right now that that's a scene you don't want to see. We're going to cover the eyes for that one. I think my parents did the same thing for me. They were like, just, just bury your eyes. Well, well and then like the screams are so guttural and it's just yeah. like, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's gnarly. I love it. It's one of my favorite scenes in, in cinema, but it's, well, that, that, it's, like also the ghost when she sort of flies up and he's like, it's beautiful. And then it turns <laughs> to that like, you know, evil ghost and you're like, what the hell just happened? That is no Incredible. joke. Traumatizing generations of children. Uh, without a doubt. Uh, good pick, good pick to, to, um, and I have a pick that's a little similar that we'll get into okay. a little bit later. Okay. Uh, but for my first one, let's go a little more recent. Let Vader be Vader. I'm talking about Vader at the end of Rogue One. And it's kind of interesting because you might, you know, you know how I feel about that scene, Devin. You know how much I love, love, love that scene. And you might think, well, that's not really have like horror elements to it, but I, I would beg to differ. And we're going to play you the clip and I realize you're not going to be seeing any of it, but I, but I think playing the clip is a little illustrative because listen to the, the audio and the way they do it. It starts with the siren and you hear this blaring siren, which already is making you tense. You hear like this creaking of the ship, right? Why did they put that noise in? Cause it's eerie and it's silent, except for the ship all of a sudden creaking. Then for just a split second, you hear the infamous Darth Vader breathing. And then you hear the lightsaber being ignited and you just see the red going up in the smoke. And it's followed as, you know, at the end of Rogue One, where he's mowing down, you know, these 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 rebels. Uh, it's like 40 seconds of screaming, stabbing, choking, force throwing and just incredible music by Michael Giacchino, which just completely plays to the mood of the the scene. And people are yelling like, help me. And like and, and the guy and the the. A total horror move where like the door doesn't open for them to leave with the data card that they need that's just gone up from Scarif. So finally, the guy's just like trying to get the door open, which is like, you know, the classic fumbling for the keys outside the cars, the serial killers behind you. And finally, he just has to give up and like hand it to the guy and just know he's about to get slashed by Vader, which he does. So, so check out the audio of this and listen as the setup and then as the carnage happens, this is a... Uh, Lord Vader at the end of Rogue One. Listen, I, I, you've heard me talk a million times how much I love this scene. I honestly think it might be my favorite Star Wars scene ever. Really? And I know it. I know it doesn't have the same impact for you. I, I, I don't know. I, I remember going to, you know, went to advanced press screening, so it was kind of the first screening, like you know, anywhere. So we had no idea this was going to happen. And being in the theater when that happened, and everyone just losing their minds. And this is a press audience, right? This is a jaded, too cool for school. Yeah. And everyone just cheering and going nuts and crazy when it ended uh, was just so amazing. But th there's definitely horror elements at play in that scene, Devin. Yeah, I knew this one was going to be on your list. Uh, you have made no secret of your love for this scene. And I'm so glad you you brought it up because this is, it, it's really a fantastic scene. It's one of my, I, I, I have a lot of love for Rogue One. It's not my favorite Star Wars movie. I think it's very messy and a lot of things I don't like, but some of the individual pieces are like some of the best things Star Wars has ever done. And this is one of those scenes. I think it really, 
this is the scene that makes Vader scary again. You know, the last time we saw Vader on screen up to this point, um, outside of, you know, animated shows and, and some of the other, you know, different properties, um, you know, was Revenge of the Sith. And, you know, no! it, exactly. Um, and, that might you know, be the worst Star Wars scene. That might be honestly the worst. And we spent all this time, you know, kind of getting to know Anakin as a young child and his and, and kind of erasing the mystery of Vader. And and sort of, you know, so you rewatch the original trilogy and you're like he's not just this sort of like silent mysterious figure that that's terrified you for so long. He has this whole backstory. But this is the scene that really gets at how terrifying he is. How he is this figure of um, you know, hate and murder and brutality across the galaxy his his name is like strikes fear into the hearts of people and this is why this is that you kind of have to be able to to show that and so it's it's a great scene i love everything about it i love the music i'm so glad you mentioned it um it's it's great it makes me want to rewatch rogue one it's funny because you're you feel about rogue one the way i feel about last jedi yeah you know what i mean and i always think and i think that we agree with each other in the sense that I I understand your issues with Rogue One. Um, I think the Sagarera stuff, and I kind understand of your issues yeah. with, with yeah, Last yeah, Jedi. Yeah, yeah, and and, and I, but we both recognize that both those movies just have epic, epic high points. Yeah, um, and uh, that just like you know elevate them. And for me, like yes, there's like a, a another minute or so left in the film after that, and you have that weird CGI Princess Leia, which I really wish they hadn't done. I don't care uh, for that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you're essentially ending on that note uh, other than 30 seconds after where he hands her the data card and it's just, it's so powerful. And then you have that scene of him standing on the bridge as the ship is detached and just looking badass. So great. So love it. Ah, I'm just excited just talking about it and watching it again. All right. Uh, we're just getting started talking about our picks for the scariest star Wars scenes ever. And the talking will continue. We have two more picks each. Plus, we have an exclusive audio excerpt of the new Star Wars High Republic novel, The Eye of Darkness by George Mann. That is all coming up after this super quick break. All right, Devin, we've already laid down our, uh, our, the, our first picks for our uh, scariest Star Wars scenes ever. Let's see what's next on your list. Uh, yeah. So for my second pick, uh, we're going to stick with original trilogy and we're actually going to talk about a scene we've talked about a lot on this podcast. I think we actually talked about it last week. Um, we're going to Empire Strikes Back and we're going to Luke's sort of dream sequence on Dagobah. The training sequence where he sort of journeys into the swamp, um, comes face to face with Vader slices his head off only to reveal that it's his own face looking back at him. And it's this like wonderful, like, creepy charred half of a vader mask um this like this look on mark hamill's like dead face and uh this is another thing that really freaked me out as a kid but i i think it's a kind of a masterful piece of horror storytelling um everything about the scene i love uh the score the music uh i, I think music is a tremendously underrated part of horror and i think it's used really well here um sort of the sense of like creeping dread leading up to that like final reveal um of that it's it's luke's face uh i love this scene it's one of my favorite scenes in star wars i think it gets at so much of like the it, it leans into sort of like the mystical dream force elements of Star Wars, but it's done in a very like cohesive and clear way. Um, it's just a great piece of storytelling. And I, I love this scene a lot. Yeah. And I'm in full agreement. I had it on my list, but that's okay. Cause I got some backups I can put up in, in front. Of it. So I love that. I love that you had it. I had it as well. I remember watching it as a kid and just being really um, confused um, and not in a bad way, but just like, why is so let's just set up the scene right he's done this training and all of a sudden yoda's like yo you got to go in that cave like he senses darkness he goes what's that you know I'm, it's cold what's that he goes that cave you got to go in there there's something in there and you need to face it luke starts to strap on his weapons and yoda's like your weapons you don't need those and then he straps them on anyway, which is just kind of great. Like, which always made me wonder, Devin, like what happens if he doesn't bring his lightsaber in there, right? The whole scene, which we're about to get to is his lightsaber. What if, what if he listened to Yoda and didn't bring the lightsaber? And then what happens? Because something else completely different is going to happen in that cave if he doesn't bring his lightsaber in. 
but he does. So he brings a lightsaber in and then he gets in the cave and it's, you know, it's creepy crawlies and it's weird looking. Here's weird noises. And then all of a sudden Darth Vader comes around the corner. So already I'm confused as a little kid watching this. I'm like, wait, what is Vader doing there? And then all of a sudden it goes to, to slow motion, this weird slow motion. So I'm like, wait, what is going on here? Slow motion in a star Wars film. Then they get in a slow motion lightsaber battle. Then Luke chops his head off, which is a, a big move. A lot of arms getting chopped off, but not a lot of heads. Uh, you know, Chango Fett, shout out. Uh, but then, <laughs> and then the mask explodes for some reason. Like, was there like a detonation pack in there? What is happening? And then Luke's face is in the mask, which as a kid, I just was super confused. Um, but it's super creepy. Uh, it, it's a scene unlike anything else in the movie, you know, you know tonally, just the way it's shot, uh, the dreamlike quality of it. Uh, and so, yeah, it's it's has a lot of those weird horror elements. And the face of Luke inside that Vader mask is so powerful. And uh, I love it. I think it's a great pick. Yeah, it's it's just it's one of the greatest moments of an of one of the greatest movies of all time. Um, I mean, and there's a lot of these in Empire Strikes Back. There's some really excellent horror moments. We talked. I mean, I don't want to. Well, don't yeah, don't no, like, um, my backups you know, are for Empire. Yeah, so you, yeah. yeah. You, you gotta take um, all the bullets out of my chamber. I, I won't. Know. But I, <laughs> it's it's just it's a great it's it's a great scene, and um, everything about it is just it's the first time we see kind of Luke and and Vader actually like cross lightsabers. Yeah. It's great foreshadowing for what we see for to come in the rest of the um, in the rest of the film. It's it's just it's great. We we love it. It's ten out of ten. Yeah. All right, so for my second pick, then I'm going to go prequel trilogy. I'm going to sort of play off what Devin did with her first pick on those charred bodies, except I'm going to go a lot, lot further than she (laughs) did. We're going to go to Mustafar in Revenge of the Sith. The lightsaber duel between Anakin and Obi-Wan, which I'm going to be honest and say the actual lightsaber duel itself, I don't love. I, I... Mustafar is just too, the lava's too CGI-y. They're on those weird moving platforms. I'm not saying it's terrible, but it's not my favorite lightsaber battle uh, by any means. But then you have Obi-Wan like flipping onto the onto the ground, telling Anakin it's over because he has the high ground, which is you know one of the stupidest lines in Star Wars, but we love it because it's so stupid. Like, oh my God, game over. I've got the high ground. Uh, and then Anakin... Is looking, Obi-Wan can tell that he's going to try and jump over him. He says, you know, don't do it. Don't try it. He does it because he's super cocky and confident as Anakin always is. And then Obi-Wan with one slash proceeds to chop off both of his legs and his one good arm, which is just brutal. And then, but then, you know, now Star Wars is going to earn its first PG-13 rating. Right. Like this is this is the scene that brought Star Wars to PG-13 because you got Hayden Christensen lying there with really no limbs, one sort of robotic limb left, trying to pull himself up on the gravel. And he's got the red eyes and he's got the gray face and and then the fire and then the skin is burning and you see him in different stages of like his skin and hair burning off. And the moment that really sticks with me and we'll play the audio of it here is when he just looks up at Obi-Wan and he yells this. (laughs) So much. It's so scary. And when my kid was younger, I, I, you know, I was an adult when I watched this, but when he was younger, I, I, I definitely did not let him watch this scene uh, because it's just too damn good. It's just too damn good, Devin. I love it. Oh, uh, it's brutal. I everything about this 
again, crispy Anakin is just so horrifying and gross. Um, one of the, one of the, the scenes that I thought about putting on my list, um, but ultimately didn't, but want to mention is, you know, the scene immediately after that where, where we see the transformation of him into Vader. It's mm. marred by that ridiculous, no. Um, but the actual, like, there's some really great, like, creepy body horror in there yeah, where they're like yeah. piecing him back together that, that's really, really great and creepy and, and like great prosthetic work. And um, no, but I'm I'm really glad you 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 meant this. You mentioned this scene. This is a scene. You know, I was I was older when I saw this, um, and it didn't really like the horror elements of it. Didn't quite hit me as much as like the emotional elements. Like this might be like the hardest I've ever cried in a movie theater was like Obi-Wan's, uh, you know, you were my brother, Anakin. And I'm just yeah. sitting there. It was like my brother's birthday. And so it was me and like all these like middle school boys um, and just like sobbing and just being like, you were my brother. He was his brother and he had to chop his arms off. And now he's like all crispy in the lava. It's just, it's a great scene. It's, it's, you know, it's fantastic. Of course, one of many, now we know multiple times where Obi-Wan could have and should have killed Vader and did. <laughs> didn't it's true. There'll be one series. There's a few, a few times there as well. Uh, but it is great. And I'm glad you brought up the, cause it, you're right until the no moment, that stuff is great where he's on yeah. the table and he's knocking things over and they're attaching robotic limbs and the emperor's kind of in the corner, like watching it all. It's all great until the, until the no. Yeah. Moment. And there's like there's like a shot of like the mask being lowered onto his face. Yes. And you see like the fear and the hatred and the anger in his face and and just like the sadness and it's it's great. Oh, it's great. So good. All right. Uh Devin, you got one pick left uh for scariest Star Wars scene ever. What do you got? Um, we're gonna go. I was making my list and I was like, okay, I could do just like a zillion original trilogy picks but i'm gonna go uh more recent we're gonna go with the mandalorian episode mm. um we are so to give this a little bit of context um there's i'm you watch game of thrones i watch game of yep. thrones everybody watch game of thrones there's a great like throwaway line in like the first season where they're talking about all the great monsters that live on the other side of the wall and there's a line about like um ice spiders big as hounds and i always thought about that i was like why didn't we ever see the ice spiders in game of thrones we got all these zombies and things north of the wall how come we never got any like ice spiders big as hounds and guess what we got ice spiders way bigger than hounds in uh the mandalorian this is the episode uh with the frog lady one of the greatest greatest inventions of the um of the disney plus shows um this is where mando and baby grogu are basically kind of shuttling this woman and her jar of eggs uh her little tadpoles uh to another planet and along the way they encounter this creepy icy planet um they're stuck there it's dark it's gross um and they encounter literally hordes of giant man-eating spiders and this is like it's a pretty terrifying episode like it's certainly the most horrifying moment i think of any of the disney plus shows um i'm freaked out by spiders don't like them uh giant ones with like giant pointy teeth uh don't like that either and there's just like swarms of spiders and it's just it's a it's a great episode and this is like to me this is sort of the mandalorian at its best this is what i love when when the show is at its best this is what it is it's just mando and grogu going on an adventure encountering some wild creatures on a weird planet and you know it doesn't really have a bearing on you know the dark saber or mandalore or anything like that it's just the bounty hunter and his weird adopted son on a on a mission and that mission goes real wrong and there's a bunch of giant giant ice spiders so i wanted to get some some you know more recent representation on this list so shout out to the the creepy ice spiders it's a great scene and it's it, it's really you know shot and edited really well and it is creepy and it is scary and the way he's like blasting them, there's like 10 million of them the only thing i my only other sort of in the negative column about that scene, I could say is that when it happened, I, I remember feeling this feels a little Aragog. You know what I mean? Fair. From, from giant Harry spiders. Potter. Yeah. 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 Giants, giant lead spider with lots of other spiders, sort of like, you know, it just it felt a little Aragog. That said, um, I also really liked it. And I thought the execution was great. 
So yeah, it's I mean it's very derivative. We see spiders in literally every kind of fiction. Shout out yeah. to my girl Shelob in uh, the Lord of the Rings. Um, but I think it's it's done well here. I like the the production design of the spider. Like he's got some real nas- nasty teeth. Um, just everything. It, it feels alien in a way that I think is is fun. Doesn't actually just feel like hey we we took a giant normal earth spider and made him giant. Um, so it, it's just, it's a fun scene. And I remember being like, Ooh, this is, this is good for the Mandalorian. Like I'm, I'm into this. I want more, more giant eye spiders on this show. Yeah. It's sort of, it, and it, it definitely brings, you know, it talking about, it was talking about Halloween and sort of horror elements and stuff. It definitely brings to mind like those old, like 1950s through sixties and seventies sort of horror films, like, you know, like them, you yes. know, just gi- giant, huge insects terrorizing society. So there's definitely a sort of, um, you know, going back and paying o- o- homage uh, to those sort of old school films, which I really like. Well. Yeah, it's very classic. It's a very, yeah. you know, watch out. If you don't run fast enough, you're going to be eaten by these giant spiders living on this creepy planet made of ice. Um, and I love it. I, I love more more giant ice spiders, please. <laughs> so for my last pick... Uh, since you, you you had the Dagobah cave on yours, I, I had a few other Empire ones I was considering. I'll just mention them both here. One was the scene of Han going into Carbonite. Yep. Um, you think about when you watch that for the first time, especially being young and and he's going in there. And yes, you've got the great romantic moment with the I love you, I know, and you've got other things happening. But when he is lowered into that thing, again, incredible music by John Williams, the lighting is incredible. The set is awesome. You got these weird Ugnots walking around and then he's put in there and you don't know what it's going to even look like when he comes out at first. It's like the smoke and then he's lifted back up. The editing on that scene is so incredible going back and forth to like looking at like, you know, the, the cast and Vader and everyone else. And then like when they push the thing, he comes up in the car and then they push it down on the ground and it smacks down is is really 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 great. Um, the other one I would just mention, sort of in that same sort of Bespin sequence, is and and you know considering all the now you know limbs that have been chopped off since then, maybe <laughs> it doesn't strike as as huge. But watching Luke get his hand chopped off in Empire, when you watch that in 1980 uh, as a kid, you're like, what the just happened? Like literally this guy just chopped his hand off. That was shocking to me. Uh, and that was of course, before we knew that he was his father, uh, which makes it even weirder. Once you learn that later, they chopped his son off, hand off, but I don't think anyone was like expecting that to happen. So when it first happened, it was very impactful. And again, we talk about body horror, having your like wrist chopped off at the wrist was pretty intense. Yeah, it's a great moment. And like it uh, sometimes when we see like uh getting limbs chopped off in the Star Wars universe, it's like very clean and it's like very cauterized mm. very immediately. This is pretty gross. It's like it's the like Mark Hamill's all sweaty and like his eyes are all bloodshot and he's just like you can tell like he's and he's screaming and it's just like it's 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 a pretty intense moment. Uh, it is. And uh, it still plays. I mean, that whole scene, that's why Empire, we talk about, we don't have to repeat ourselves, but like, that's why Empire is so great. All these Breaking scenes, news. Like, Empire Strikes Back. I know. Good it's movie. so good. <laughs> it's just like everything about it. It's just the way it's edited, just everything. It's so great. Um, all right. So listen, we've we've laid down six different scenes uh, for you here as sort of being really super scary. We'll let you guys, you can vote on it yourselves. You can go to Spotify and vote right there on which you think is the scariest Star Wars scene. or Call us. Let us know. I'm sure you have a scene that we weren't even thinking about. So hit us up at 657-799-1566. Tell us what you think the scariest Star Wars scene is, whether it was one of ours or one of yours. 657-799-1566. Or call just to wish Sammy a happy birthday, which would be super nice. Absolutely. I do want to point out one bonus bonus entry that was not didn't make my final list but i do want to give a shout out to i want to know if anyone else was completely terrified as a small child by the interrogation droid in a new hope uh when they send this giant black floating orb into the prison cell with princess leia and it's got like syringes and 
scalpels and creepy stuff. Uh, you don't see anything, but the implications are pretty intense. And that, that freaked me out as a, a lot as a kid. I only wanted to have one, one entry from a new hope on my list. So I, I wound up cutting that one, but I want to know if anyone else was completely traumatized by that or if it was just me. No, I'll raise my hand right now. It totally was. I mean, it ends with a close up on the big needle. Now, I don't yeah. really, I don't really know if that was a very efficient like torture device. I mean, they could have just walked in with the needle and put it. In her, like, you know, I don't think they need this floating orb to do that. But, but it it was obviously impactful because you and I were both scared to the bejesus by it. You know, we're kids, and there's a giant needle in, in the screen, so. Yeah, and it's a great example of of what you don't see Leia being tortured, but it's like, oh God, that's not pleasant. Yeah. We so, never find out whether that thing actually got utilized or not, right? Like I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. we don't know. Um, Backstory, uh spin-off for the yeah, interrogation droid. Check all the expanded universe. <laughs> Speaking of expanded universe, how's that for a segue? Uh we have an exclusive audio excerpt from the latest Star Wars book coming out in just a few weeks. It's the latest High Republic novel, The Eye of Darkness by George Mann. And you're going to get to hear some of it right now. Enjoy, everyone. Who are you? After jettisoning the escape pod containing the two still unconscious Nile, Avar had made her way to the transport ship's cockpit where a series of alarms was blaring, and the Ugnaught pilot seemed to be in something of a panic. He turned to stare wide-eyed at Avar as she strode purposefully into the small space, leaning over the controls, and silenced the annoying alarms. KC-78 trundled in behind her. It doesn't matter who I am. I'm here to help. The Ugnaught... A small, hairy, porcine male with a heavy brow ridge and downturned mouth looked at her appraisingly. A pirate? A smuggler? He caught sight of the holster strapped to Avar's hip. Oh no, no, a Jedi! Avar narrowed her eyes. You sound worried. Well, of course I'm worried! spat the Ugnaught. There's been a disturbance in the cargo hold, and one of the escape pods has been jettisoned. Now, instead of the two Nile guards that were supposed to be overseeing this grain shipment, I've got you standing there all uppity with your lightsaber. Avar tried to keep her smile to herself, but failed. Oh, uppity? Well, you do seem rather pleased with yourself. Hmm. Well, I can assure you, my lightsaber is staying right where it is, in its holster. Why doesn't that make me feel any better? Said the Ugnaught. You're not Nile, then? Said Avar. It was thunderingly obvious that the Ugnaught was not affiliated with Markion Rowe's regime but Avar thought it might be a way of drawing him out, calming him a little. Her best guess was that he was just a haulage pilot who'd been co-opted into serving the Nile through coercion and threats. Me? I've got nothing to do with those mask-wearing fools. I mean, look at me! He thumped his chest. Do I look like I go running about threatening folk and daubing blue paint on my face? Well, do I? You don't, conceded Avar. So I'd imagine you'll be happy to be free of them. Free of them? They'll probably feed me to a wicker snipe for this. Reptile food. That's all I'll be good for. That's assuming I even survive whatever foolishness it is you have planned. He shook his head. Jedi, he muttered under his breath. Avar examined the navigation readouts. Don't you want to know what I'm doing? She asked. I don't know. Do I? Replied the Ugnaught. I'm redirecting this cargo to people who need it. 
She leaned over the control panel and started inputting a course to Prandrill, a small Rhodian colony on a moon in the Minos cluster, which Avar had heard was running close to starvation after the colonists' regular food supply channels had been disrupted by the Nile. It was close by. They'd be unloading the grain within a couple of hours, grain that had been grown on Hetzal, where the Nile now had their main base of operations, and from where they were controlling all food shipments in the region, starving out the populations that refused to pledge fealty or pay tithes. It was utterly barbaric. Are you mad? If the Nile catch you... Avar shot the Ugnot a glance. They won't. So you say. They've got plenty of others. The Ugnot stuck out his chin. And what about me? Where do I fit into this plan? You can tell them I held you against your will. Threatened you if you didn't help me. Are you threatening me? <laughs> Asked the Ugnot cautiously. Of course not. <laughs> he looked thoughtful. What have you done with the guards? Kill them, did you? <laughs> no, said Avar. She slipped into the co-pilot's chair as she finished inputting the new course. She was beginning to like this spiky Ugnot pilot. I didn't kill them. I knocked them unconscious and jettisoned them in the escape pod. They'll be picked up by another Nile ship within a few hours. The Ugnot looked stricken. The color drained from his face. His hands clutched the arms of his chair. You killed us both, you fool! Avar frowned. And how's that? The Nile patrols! This ship doesn't have a path engine. It's just a hauler. Without the guards to vouch for us, we'll never get past the blockades! The Ugnot was right. No one moved inside the zone without the correct permissions. Avar had just assumed a haulage ship from Hetzal would be programmed with the correct codes. Clearly, she'd been wrong. Of course the Nile would ensure any haulage ships were reliant on them for safe passage especially as they knew the pilots and other workers were operating under duress. They didn't have time for revolts, and they didn't have enough Nile to pilot the ships themselves. Avar examined the flight map, seeking alternative routes. The shortest, uncontrolled route would get them near, but they'd have to emerge close to a dangerous debris field that orbited Prandrill. Making use of such a route risked attracting the attention of the scav droid swarms, too. Without the right access codes, the swarms would attack indiscriminately. But there was no other option. Avar couldn't give up now. She started inputting the new coordinates. The Ugnaught's frown deepened as he watched the new route appear on the readouts. You're taking us through an unapproved hyperspace lane and into the middle of a debris field? What about the scav squarms? His voice rose in pitch as he grew increasingly panicked. We'll deal with them. Casey has been working on slicing their attack protocols. We'll find a way. Avar looked across at him. Of course, there's another escape pod back there if you'd rather take your chances with the Nile. The Ugnot folded his arms across his chest. And abandon my ship? I don't think so. Avar engaged the hyperspace drive. Then you'd better hold on, she said. All right, we hope you enjoyed that exclusive Star Wars audio excerpt from the latest High Republic novel, The Eye of Darkness by George Mann. Just a reminder, you can leave us your thoughts about anything concerning what we said here today by leaving us a voicemail message by Monday morning at 657-799-1566 to make it onto next week's show. Also, we'd really appreciate it if you could take the time to follow, rate, and review the podcast. I know it's annoying for me to ask you to do that, but it would be super cool and you will have our eternal gratitude. 
You can also connect with us on social media by following Entertainment Weekly on all socials. It's at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. And you can also tag and follow us directly using at Dalton Ross and at Devin Cogan. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll do it all over again next week. This episode of Dagobah Dispatch Podcast is hosted and produced by Dalton Ross and Devin Cogan. Produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening and may the force be with you.